Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 24th of January, 2022, the 22nd of Shvat 5782, coming to you on this beautiful, rainy Monday morning from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people and the state of Israel. I am here just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are healthy and safe in your part of the world. Don't forget, you can get in touch with me during the week, josh at thelandofisrael.com, on Facebook, Joshua Haston, or Josh Haston Israel Journalism, on Twitter at Josh Haston, and on Instagram as well. I want to start off this week's show by talking about an incident which took place several days ago here in Judea and Samaria. The Jerusalem Post reports that Jewish extremists carried out an attack on left-wing activists and Arabs with clubs and shovels as they planted saplings near the village of Burin in Samaria several days ago. It's been making the rounds, this story, for several reasons. Number one, the incident was caught on video, and number two, you have Israeli government ministers condemning in the strongest of terms the violence carried out by so-called settlers against left-wing activists and Arabs. And I want to delve into the situation here, especially as a resident of Judea and Samaria. Number one, let's talk about these so-called left-wing activists. These are not activists. These are anarchists who show up on a weekly basis in different areas around Judea and Samaria. They claim that they are there in order to protect the Arabs, protect them with their video cameras, I guess, because what they're really doing is carrying out provocations against the Jewish communities there. They're disturbing the Shabbat, approaching Jewish communities. Again, these are anarchists who are carrying out these activities regularly, and they're sponsored by various organizations. And of course, the European Union in full support of the Arab attempt to take over Area C under full Israeli control. So that much, that much we know. Okay. And this is going on all the time. At the same time, violence against Jews, violence against Jewish motorists throughout Judea and Samaria We've talked about this for years now. It takes place on a daily basis. Rock attacks, firebomb attacks on the roads. Just several weeks weeks ago, a an 18-year-old girl from the community where I live in Gush Etzion was on the road. She was driving near the town of Tekoa, and an Arab threw a cinder block at the windshield smashing the windshield and the cinder block hit this girl in the head. Now that story did not take up column after column of ink in the newspapers, barely spoken about, barely talked about. I did not see any government ministers going crazy to condemn the fact that an 18 year old girl was in the hospital because she had her head bashed in by a cinder block thrown by an Arab terrorist. 
So these daily attacks are ignored by the media, essentially ignored by the government. And of course, the brave men and women of the IDF do what they can to stop, to prevent, to thwart these rock and firebomb attacks. But here you have a group of, you can call them wayward youth, who don't represent 99.9% of the residents of Judea and Samaria. And they, you have them on video attacking a group who, again, a group who came to provoke them. I'm not saying violence was justified in this case, but a group comes to provoke them. And you have the government ministers going ballistic. You have, as an example, Public Security Minister Omar Barliv claiming that what he saw in the video showed that this was organized activity by a terror group. Where is his proof that the, what was it, five or seven youth, again, not condoning what they did, but where's the proof that they are a terror organization, that this was an, a, a well-oiled terror group who carried this out? Again, you want to condemn it, go ahead. You had many condemning this incident, including the Esha Council representing the communities of Judea and Samaria. But all of a sudden, you have a claim here that this was an organized terror organization which carried this out. I want to know where the proof is. I want to know where he's getting his information. Um, yes, of course, you're going to have an investigation into the incident. But how are you coming up with this? And why aren't you saying anything about the daily rock and firebomb attacks? You had MK Michal Waldinger from the Religious Zionist Party tweeting that she felt the media focused more on violence by Jews in Judea and Samaria than on Palestinian violence against Israelis. She condemned the attack near Burin, but wanted to underscore that over the weekend, this past weekend, there were 18 Palestinian stoning attacks against Israelis in Judea and Samaria, eight incidents in which Molotov cocktails were thrown, and seven incidents of burning tires. Again, that happens carried out by jihadists against Jews on a daily basis, but it does not warrant an article ever. There's never an article about daily rock and firebomb attacks. And of course you have other ministers in the government referring to Jews in Judea and Samaria as subhuman terms only used or not only used, but used by the Nazis against the Jews, a member of an Israeli government using that terminology, calling Jews because of their geography, subhuman. So that's the situation we are in now. There is a, an open and a blatant double standard here where crimes against Jews don't warrant media attention and don't warrant the current government to focus on them. But when a rare incident happens, front page headlines and the whole world goes crazy. That's the reality folks. When it comes to the people of Judea and Samaria,
It's bad enough that, of course, those who live in Judea and Samaria are condemned regularly by international bodies, the European Union, uh, of course, getting involved, illegally getting involved, and trying to create facts on the ground on behalf of the Palestinian Authority, the United Nations, any other international body, the current State Department, everyone condemns the Jews of Judea and Samaria and parts of Jerusalem. But when we're attacked, crickets, and that's what bothers me, folks. Condemn violence all you want. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But tell the truth. Give the real and true picture of what's going on on a daily basis throughout throughout Yudavashimron, Judea and Samaria. Okay, switching gears here. Uh, we're getting ready to commemorate International Holocaust Day. I believe is on the 27th of January. And yesterday, the Jerusalem Post reported that 2021 was the most anti-Semitic in the last 10 years. According to this report, last year was the most anti-Semitic year in the last decade, with at least 10 anti-Semitic incidents happening on average every single day, according to the annual anti-Semitism report published by the WZO and the Jewish Agency. While the average number of incidents was over 10 a day, the real number is likely much higher since so many incidents go unreported. The main anti-Semitic incidents were graffiti, desecration, vandalism, and propaganda, but physical and verbal violence still comprised almost a third of them. And here the article goes on to say at least that there were no anti-Semitic murders last year. And as horrible as anti-Semitism is, and it's important that this report was published. I don't understand that last sentence. There were no anti-Semitic murders last year. So let me ask you this. If an Arab in Israel murders a Jew because that person is a Jew, is that not anti-Semitism? Obviously, it's terrorism. But why don't these organizations count as part of their statistics murderous attacks against Jews in Israel because they are Jewish. Why is Israel excluded from the stats on these studies? I don't understand it. I think it I think two Jews were murdered in 2021 here in Israel by anti-Semites. I remember the 2014 ADL report on anti-Semitism showed that the most anti-Semitic entity in the world was in fact the Palestinian Authority. So if PA Arabs are murdering Jews, why wouldn't that be mentioned in a report on anti-Semitism? I don't understand that. Maybe somebody out there, you can send me an email and explain that to me. I don't get it. I'm not sure why murder, if it happens in Israel against a Jew, because that person is Jewish, why isn't that considered an act of anti-Semitism? I don't get it. Anyway, as we do on the show, we do feature, unfortunately, a weekly anti-Semitism report. This from the Jewish press. A 21-year-old psychology student was arrested on Friday. This, in, this was in Brooklyn for spitting at an 8-year-old and, and yelling at him. This is a visibly Jewish child yelling at him and his two siblings that, quote, Hitler should have killed you all. The suspect is a student at St. Francis College. She was charged with aggravated harassment as a hate crime, acting in a manner injurious to a child and menacing. 
NYPD Hate Crimes Task Force tweeted. This happened, uh, again, in Brooklyn, New York. In the footage, the woman is seen striding up to the children ages 7, 2, and 8, yelling at them before spitting at the 8-year-old and walking away. So there's your weekly anti-Semitism report. And again, we could uh, we could pick many more incidents um, in various places throughout the world, including here in Israel, where they attack Jews because they are Jewish. So that's anti-Semitism. Times of Israel reports that police have, switching gears here, police have increased the level of security for member of Knesset Itamar Ben-Gvir after receiving information about um, express threats to his life, Channel 13 News reported on Sunday. The report said police have determined that the threat level to Ben Gvir is five out of a maximum of six, so it's very high. He therefore will have as many as three security guards with him in public places and have security cameras installed in his home. The decision follows a series of altercations involving the firebrand lawmaker. That is, those are the words of Times of Israel. So Itamar Ben Gvir. Uh, receiving death threats for his policies, his positions, his activities, um, and whatnot. Times of Israel also reports here, different topic, the Israeli government is preparing for the possibility that thousands of Ukrainian Jews will want to immigrate to Israel in the event of a Russian invasion of the country, according to a report Sunday night. Representatives of various government offices and groups met on Sunday to discuss an eventuality, um, such an eventuality where they say 75,000 people living in eastern Ukraine are believed to be eligible for Aliyah, for Israeli citizenship. On Sunday, the State Department said Washington, Washington had ordered the families of its diplomats in Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, to leave the country due to the continued threat of Russian military activity. If you're unaware of what's going on, Russia has been massing tens of thousands of troops on its border with the Ukraine, along with an arsenal of tanks, fighting vehicles, artillery, artillery rather, and missiles. And, uh, you know, I'll get into the explanation here, but we, there could be a mass Aliyah immigration of Ukrainian Jews as a result of potential violence, or if the Russians do in fact invade a Russian um, uh, onslaught there in Ukraine could send Jews uh, running home to Israel. I mean, that is one of the reasons why we prefer that people make Aliyah move to Israel out of choice, not out of necessity because of violence or war. But I'm sure Israel will be happy to have another 75,000 Jews coming home. And uh, a lot of new sources explaining the situation there with Vladimir Putin and the Ukraine and why he potentially will send his troops into the Ukraine. A lot of different, we're not going to get into that now, a lot of different uh, reasons why the situation as it is as it is right now there on the Russian-Ukrainian border. Let's switch to some positive news here. The Jerusalem Post reported yesterday that in 2020, Israel was the country with the most living kidney donors per country worldwide, according to a recent report by the World Health Organization. 
The report, which was published by the Global Observatory on Donation and Transplantation in December, listed Israel's yearly average number of living kidney donors as just over 30 people per 1 million inhabitants. So again, Israel, number one on the list with most living kidney donors per country. There's an organization called Matnat Chaim, an Israeli nonprofit that recruits and supports healthy volunteers to donate kidneys to patients waiting for a transplant. Uh, they accounted for 60, 66% of all live kidney donations in Israel over the past two years. Israel ranked 28th on the worldwide, worldwide list before Matnat Chaim's, uh, Chaim's founding in 2009. So far, the organization has assisted in the donation of 1,170 healthy kidneys in Israel. Just another example of Israel doing good and the Israeli people doing good for the world community. But they'll probably focus on some small kindergarten or, um, or home being built in Judea for Jews by Jews in a place called Judea. That'll be the focus Let's see if anybody else picks up on this. This is, again, from the Jerusalem Post. Let's see if anybody else, um, certainly the BDS haters, will ignore this information because they hate Israel at all costs, despite what Israel does for the world community in so many different fields. Um, but uh, that is that is our reality. Some more positive news here, and this in regard to the coronavirus pandemic, the current Omicron wave may be nearing its peak, according to Israel National News, with a number of new cases appearing to stabilize, along with the number of seriously ill patients diagnosed with COVID. Those numbers are stabilizing, according to Israel National News, based on data released this morning by the health ministry. Um, 67, it's, it's a lot, really, 67,198 new cases of COVID diagnosed on Sunday, but this is following multiple days where we had over 70,000 new cases last week. So perhaps it's stabilizing. I know in other countries around the world, the numbers are stabilizing. And hopefully that is the case for Israel as well. And finishing today's show with even more good news, the Jewish press notes that the water level in the Lake of Galilee, the Kinneret, is rising again and this is because of all of the rain and snow that has been falling in northern israel over the past week and there is more rain and snow in the forecast there may be we had a little bit where i live in gushetzion there was a just a little bit of snow it snowed for like half an hour you saw the buildup on cars but nothing significant now they're saying there might in fact be some sort of accumulation in jerusalem in the mountain regions, in Judea and Samaria, and certainly, I mean, it's probably right right now. I haven't checked the Mount Hermon, Hermon camera this morning to see if it's snowing there in northern Israel in the Golan, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was snowing up there. It's supposed to snow and rain most of the week, and the water levels continue to rise in the Lake of Galilee, which, of course, is positive news. That's going to do it for today for the 24th of January, 2022. The 22nd of Shvat 5782. 
My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com. On Facebook, Joshua Haston or Josh Haston Israel Journalism. On Twitter at Josh Haston and on Instagram as well. Wherever you are in the wonderful, wonderful world of ours, be safe. Let's not forget to give a shout out to Tab- Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Ben Bereski for the engineering work he does on these shows. Staring at a rainy, rainy, but beautiful day here just outside of the old city walls in Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Again, wishing everyone a wonderful week. Stay healthy. Be safe. All the best from Jerusalem, Israel. Take care, everybody. This is Eve Harrow for the Land of Israel Network, hearing views and interviews with fascinating people, some well-known, others homegrown, about places I guide, ideas I have to get you thinking too. It's about the land. It's about my people. It's about our collective journey. Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow on the Land of Israel Network. Listen in. Share the ride.